the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, March the 5th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on March 5, 1953, Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin, he died. He'd been in power 30 years, three decades. Some have said that he was responsible for about 60 million deaths during that time. Most historians, though, say that's not true. He probably would have welcomed the opportunity based on his record, but he was directly responsible for about six to nine million people directly related to his policies. He didn't care about humanity, didn't care about people. He used people. That's what the left does. That's what dictators do. That's what progressives ultimately do if left unchecked. Today in 1770, the Boston Massacre took place. British soldiers who'd been taunted by a crowd of colonists, they opened fire on the people, on the colonists, killed five of them. Today in 1927, the last Sherlock Holmes story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was published in the U.S. in Liberty Magazine. Today in 1946, Winston Churchill delivered his Iron Curtain speech at Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri. In the speech, he said, quote, from Seton in the Baltic to Trieste in the Adriatic, an iron curtain has descended across the continent, allowing police governments to rule Eastern Europe. Today in 1960, Elvis Presley was discharged honorably from the U.S. Army. Today in 1977, President Jimmy Carter took questions from 42 telephone callers in 26 states. It was a big deal. They said it was trendsetting. 26 states on a network radio call-in program. Walter Cronkite was the moderator. Today in 1998, NASA scientists said enough water was frozen in the loose soil of the moon to support a lunar base and perhaps one day a human colony on the moon. Ten years ago today, Ray Tomlinson, I'm pretty sure you don't know that name, but you should. You know what he did. Ray Tomlinson passed away. He was 74. But he was the inventor of the person-to-person email that we do on the Internet. Yeah, he created email. Not Al Gore. Ray Tomlinson. One year ago today, the Palestinian officials closed the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. They said they were afraid that the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem would become a spreader, maybe even a super spreader of the coronavirus. Sure, of course. That's why they closed. That's why the Palestinians closed the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. I never cease to be amazed at how the left, whether it's the left in America or the left elsewhere, never cease to be amazed 
at the reasons they come up with for doing what they do. And they're almost never the truth. Yesterday I talked a little bit about the, or quite a little bit about the uh, thousands of troops that are still in Washington, D.C. They were saying there was an existential threat or whatever of our capital yesterday didn't happen. Saner minds in Congress were saying there aren't any credible threats. There's always talk on the Internet about blowing up something or seizing something or whatever. I mean, these people are aspirational at best, but they're not able or maybe even serious about doing what they're talking about. That has to be a part of the assessment of authorities, people who know what they're doing in security and law enforcement. And several of the Republican lawmakers yesterday were saying, man, I'm on the committee. In fact, Inhofe said, I'm on the committee. He said, I haven't seen anything threatening. Tom Cotton, senator, he said, I'm on the committee. I haven't seen anything threatening the Capitol. But they were insisting that, yeah, there was a threat yesterday. So that's why we're keeping the 6,000 or 5,000 troops in Washington, D.C. and blocks and blocks, if not miles and miles of fencing. Well, it didn't happen. So this morning, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, even some Democrats now are saying, hey, what's going on here? What is this really all about? This morning, they're demanding to know why the Capitol Police, after a non-event yesterday, nothing happened. They're now asking why the Capitol Police are requesting that the approximately 5,000 National Guard troops remain in the nation's capital not till the 15th of March, as it was supposed to be, but for another two months. Local and federal law enforcement authorities requested the National Guard assistance in the wake of the January 6th Capitol event. Did you know that yesterday, some of the background on this is starting to come out now. Yesterday there was a report, and you always hear about this armed uh, siege on the Capitol, January 6th. Yesterday, the FBI reported that there was one gunshot fired in that whole event. And the gunshot that was fired was fired by a Capitol Police. And it's the shot that killed that woman from California. can't remember her name. She was there and she was a veteran. She was in the, the military, in the Army or something. And she wasn't doing anything. She was, I mean, she was going in. That's breaking the law. I don't, I'm not encouraging that. I don't believe in that. I don't think we should storm any building uh, without permission that isn't ours. You can storm your own home if you want to, I guess. But that's the only shot that was fired. But you would think that there were rows and rows and rows of Republicans with machine guns accosting the Capitol building of the United States of America. Didn't happen. Yes, they broke windows. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times on television, and they keep showing it, and they have a reason for that. But now is just the the facts, the truth is coming out. It's very, very different than the way that's been painted. I'm not condoning it. For the record, my detractors who are listening, I am not condoning it. Senate Armed Services Committee ranking member Jim Inhofe, he's a Republican from Oklahoma, he said in a statement this morning, he said, I am outraged. They're being asked to stay without clear and specific information about why the National Guardsmen. 
He said, I'm outraged that the U.S. Capitol Police have requested to keep nearly 5,000 National Guardsmen at the Capitol complex for another two months without presenting any clear and specific information. He said, I haven't been satisfied with anything Congress has received at numerous briefings. He said, all these personnel, resources, barbed wire, he said, they're not needed. Why are we doing this? Well, we know why. Because the people pulling the levers now, the levers of power, pushing the buttons of power, Nancy Pelosi in particular, she's seen that that happens because she wants to make January 6th as bad and ominous as she possibly can. I mentioned yesterday Saul Alinsky, and I I just have to go back to him for a moment. What she's doing, and Schumer is, of course, involved in that. They're powerful people now. They're in power. Their political party holds the Oval Office, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. That's not a good formula for America, but it is what it is. But Saul Alinsky, and Alinsky was very influential. I mean, Hillary Clinton almost went to work for him. He asked her to. Barack Obama taught his principles in a class at Harvard. But rule number 13, Saul Alinsky, he says, and I quote, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Cut off the support network and isolate the target from sympathy. Go after people, not institutions. People hurt faster than institutions. When you know those 13, or you're familiar with those 13 rules for radicals, you begin to see each of them play out in different ways in a culture that is controlled by far-left secular progressives. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 94, beginning with verse 14, For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Keep that in mind. Judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up uh, for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon settled in silence. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up in the multitude of my anxieties within me. Your comforts delight my soul. That's the word of the Lord for today, for every day. Well, there's some good news coming out. If you believe there was wrongdoing in the election, Yeah, there's still people working on that. The media has pretty much shut it down. Some people have been charged, even indicted, for even claiming that there was fraud in this last presidential election. There's also fraud in other elections. There's a judge now that has, a Mississippi judge, has ordered a new runoff election. This is not a big deal, but it's big to these people. In Aberdeen, Mississippi, he said after three-quarters of all absentee ballots, the judge said 75% of absentee ballots cast in a June Democratic runoff election were found to be invalid. They've arrested the notary 
who validated them because she knew better. She knew they were frauds. This Jeff put out a six, uh, judge, Jeff Wheel, he put out a 64-page order. He said there is evidence of fraud and criminal activity and how these absentee ballots were handled, how they were counted, and actions from individuals at polling places during the runoff election held in Aberdeen, Mississippi. They're going to do it all over again, throw out the election and do it over again. There's also news in Arizona. It's likely to be good news, I think, because I believe there was wrongdoing in the election. I'm not advocating that Trump should have won the election. I think he probably did win the election. But what about going forward? The progressives want to be progressive. They want to look forward. What about looking at our elections now that the presidential election is settled? Biden's been inaugurated. He's serving, I guess, kind of out of sight most of the time. But the election integrity is important to our nation. If we don't have if we don't have elections that we can believe in, politically and culturally, we don't have anything. It's kind of like borders. If we take diminish and remove all of our borders, we don't have a country. If we don't have a vote where the people register their will, we the people, we don't have freedom and liberty. So Maricopa County Superior Court Judge is Timothy Thomas, and he ruled has ruled that subpoenas issued by the Arizona Senate are legal and enforceable. The result of that is that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors must provide the Senate with 2.1 million ballots, not copies of the ballots, the ballots themselves. And they're going to have access to all of the election machines, and they can fiddle with them and look at them and test them in their own way and do an audit. Thomason ruled that the Senate has the constitutional authority to oversee elections. They've been blocked and kept from it. And lawmakers are concerned about the integrity of the voting system in the wake of allegations of election fraud in Arizona and at least five other states. So when you think that the the left, Biden and, and the media in particular, have buried this issue, they haven't. There are people working diligently every day, and among them, among them is the State Senate in Arizona. God bless those people. And if you live in Arizona, find out who's leading this and vote for them, whoever they are. Keep them in office because these guys are going after one of the leaders of this. I can't even pronounce his last name. It's like Zawas Toski or something like that. But anyway, he's a good guy. His name is Tom. Tom said, we finally are going to get our hands on the real ballots in this election. And he said, that's really important news. These guys are very serious about having an honest election. They're not trying to rig the election. They're not trying to even manipulate it. They're trying to get to the bottom of it and find out if it was legit, if it was honest. There are others. To this date, they say, we have never been able to actually examine the ballots and the machines anywhere. This will be the first time. So that's happening as we speak. The news isn't making a big deal out of it. They never do when it doesn't advance the far-left secular progressive agenda. That's why we do what we do on this radio program every day. We try to tell it like it is, straight talk, and we try to make things a little more clear and put them in perspective in relationship to God's Word. If you believe in that, and many of you do, and I thank you for your support, If you don't support us, but you believe in that, consider joining us 
and supporting this effort. It's fully funded by the people who listen to this program. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go to our website. It's faithandandfreedom.us. Faithandfreedom.us. Page will come up. You'll see a couple of tabs there you can click to donate. Thank you so much. We, we need your support. We thank you for it. According to the Obama-Biden administration, the Southern Standard for the Southern Border uh, Standard for a Southern Border Crisis, Mexico, would be 1,000 attempted crossings a day. Yeah, back in the Obama-Biden era, a journalist asked them. In fact, a couple of them did. They said, "What would be a crisis? I mean, when would you consider it to be a crisis on the Southern border?" They said, "If 1,000 people were attempting to cross every day, that would be a crisis." Well, then. Vice President Joe Biden and then Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, Alondro uh, Mayorkas, they set that standard. Now President Joe Biden and now Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas, are ignoring a catastrophic crisis at our southern border. As many as 6,000 per day illegally are coming into America. And the consequences are significant to all of us. It touches every part of our lives. But I want to talk about one part that is touching today. The so-called far-left progressives, I think they see some political gain in this, and they don't want to pay attention to the fact, and they don't care if it's a crisis. Last night, that was a major story on the news. And this morning, it's a major story in the news. But they're spinning it. And they're not trying to point out that there is a crisis, although a couple of reporters have asked. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But it's becoming so apparent that even the left and the media can't cover it up anymore. The catastrophic crisis that exists on the border, and there is a catastrophic crisis, it could add another quarter million people to the population of illegal aliens in our country in less than a year. Before we see Christmas of 2021, there very well may be another 250,000 people in America, illegal aliens, in addition to the millions that are already here. The Obama administration set the standard of what a crisis would look like. Now they've turned their back on the crisis, Biden, New Yorkers, and others, most of Biden's most of his administration, the people he's appointing to high offices, not all, but most, are just retreads from the Obama administration because Obama is behind all of this. Obama chose Kamala Harris, not Joe Biden. It's well documented among friends that Joe Biden did not choose Kamala Harris. Some say he doesn't even like her, but I don't know. I haven't had a discussion with either one of them lately. Or ever. The Border Patrol reported that in one day, 4,700 people tried to enter the country illegally in one stretch on the border. As far as they know, with about 900 observed but not detained, in addition, another 400 were detained and sent back. The impact on our country is not only long term, but it's immediate. This is fueling a public health crisis. One source in the Department of Homeland Security estimates 
based on testing that between 15 and 25 percent of people who illegally cross the border are COVID-19 positive. Between 15 and 25 percent. According to a recent press report, asylum seekers, which President Biden is letting come in in record numbers now, up to six, 7,000 a day, there's 25,000 standing by ready to be ushered into the United States of America. These record numbers are testing extremely high as positive, yet they're being released into the country without any restriction, any quarantining, any mandates. They're given a court date and they're said, please show up at a court date on this date in this place. And often the court dates are two years out. Who in their right mind believes those people who have come to America illegally are going to show up and say, hi, I'm Gary Randall and I came here illegally two years ago. You want to put me up and I'll take the oath and they're not going to do that. And statistics bear it out. A few do return, but I mean, you can count it on one hand, basically. But according to one report that I read yesterday or yesterday afternoon, Human traffickers are so overwhelmed with business, they're making so much money now, they're using wristbands to keep track of all their clients. Coyotes, they're called. They bring in people, they guide them across the border and get them into America. Now they're getting so much business, they can't keep track of them all, so they have to put wristbands on them so they can, like brands on cattle. So people will know, you know, which coyote this Mexican guy belongs to or Honduran or Guatemalan or whatever. I mean, it's really barbaric, but that's what's happening. It's creating a windfall of cash to these coyotes, these human traffickers, and that's flowing to the pockets of the drug cartels who are involved in this and the transnational gangs who in turn kill our kids and our neighbors who are addicted to drugs that they sell into our communities here in America. They're making money on every front, and they're hurting and killing people on many of the fronts. In addition to killing us, the traffickers are killing their clients. The most recent was this episode down here in California just this week, I think the first of this week or last weekend, this tragic traffic accident happened in California. They had an SUV, it looked like a Chevy Tahoe or something. This SUV collided with a semi-truck. There were 25 illegal aliens in that SUV. Now, some of you have several kids or grandkids, but have you ever put 25 people in your SUV? Of course not. They were stacked up like cordwood. They had the bodies laying down with people stacked up with the promise of freedom. We'll get you into America. Had a wreck, and many of them, not all, but many of them, 13, I think, died. But they were literally stacked in there. That's what's going on at our southern border. And yet it's not a crisis. Well, thousands are coming across. All of this is cloaked in a deception. Satan is the father of lies. Any philosophy that is not based on the word of God or any ideology that's not based on the word of God and truth is always a web of deception. Progressivism isn't progressive, it's regressive. Secularism isn't really secularism, it's rebellion against God. Homeland, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, was asked just the other day, Mayorkas, 
is there a crisis on our border? He said, there is no crisis. He said, I don't see a crisis. He said, I would call it a challenge. We're managing the challenge. On camera, and Biden rarely allows a question to be asked, but one reporter asked him, I, I watched the video. He said, Mr. President, do you think there's a crisis on our border? And Biden looked right at him with his great big mask on, and he said, there is no crisis. And then he walked away. It's political manipulation. This week, Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order lifting the mandate, the mask mandate in Texas and increasing the capacity of all the businesses and facilities. Governor Abbott said, with the medical advancement of vaccines and antibody therapeutic drugs, Texas now has the tools to protect Texans from the virus. We must now do more to restore livelihoods and normalcy for Texans by opening Texas 100%. He went on to great length to explain what all they're doing and what they have done to protect the citizens and so on. But in the executive order, he gave specific instructions for hospitals, the medical community, and daily health habits that Texans should adopt in their daily living routines. He also restricted the legal penalties that far-left judges want to impose on people who are not wearing their mask or whatever. But President Biden is now calling Governor Abbott's actions Neanderthal. I guess that's his version of Hillary's deplorables. I don't know. But he criticized the decisions of Governor Abbott and Mississippi and other states are following now as of yesterday afternoon and this morning. But he's calling it Neanderthal thinking. He said the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking, that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. And then he said, and I'm quoting him, it's critical, 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 critical. Yeah, four times critical that they follow science. Governor Abbott responded saying President Biden is recklessly freeing coronavirus positive illegal aliens into Texas. And that's exactly what he's doing in catastrophic numbers. So here we have a situation where the president of the United States is calling a governor who has things under control, Neanderthal, and mocking him publicly and saying four times how critical it is that we follow the science. Then he's turning around and allowing thousands of people into America, many of whom are coming into Texas, Arizona, and California, and then they're going out all over the nation because he has repealed stay-in-Mexico policy that Trump put in place that worked marvelously. Why he would repeal that? I guess just to show that he doesn't like Trump. I don't know why he would do it. If he loves America and cares for America, he would never have done that. But he did. It's one of his first on his agenda. So now we have, he's setting the stage, and you're going to probably see a surge in Texas, and he and the rest of the progressives will blame the the governor of Texas when it's all of these 15 to 25% of these illegal aliens are being released into Texas, Arizona, California, etc. And 15 to 25% of them are positive with the virus. But they'll blame the policies of the conservatives. We live in a very deceptive world. But that's what's happening. Even NBC News sort of admitted yesterday that Biden's Department of Homeland Security is releasing border crossers who should not be released. That's the world we live in. If Biden allows enough diseased illegal aliens into Texas, he'll be able to tell the government, the governor, I told you so. 
and continue the deadly, controlling, anti-American lockdown. Thanks for being with me today. Have a, have a great weekend, and I'll see you right here on Monday. And we'll continue this conversation because I know a lot of things will happen over the weekend that we'll want to talk about on Monday. See you then.